0: Welcome everyone to our podcast. We are so glad that you're here. And we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about what happened. Maybe just a quick highlight over the weekend. Mike, what happened?
1: It was great. Okay. We preached. We worshipped. People (laughs) responded. Outreach weekend. It was great.
0: Right. And we got to see this whole idea that God has called us to move out with His message and in the power of the kingdom and to see great things happen. But you know what? Carl Barth said that we move into the world with our Bible in one hand, the newspaper in the other. So I thought it'd be good for us to talk about, here are these big events that are happening in the world. So my biggest event, Japan. We have this huge event that's going on. So in the newspaper, we read about an economy that is spinning out of control, uh, lives that are devastated because of a tsunami, uh, what is it that you think people are feeling? What is it, just from a newspaper, what is it the broken world? What, what do you think the issues are that people face? I would
1: say um, one thing automatically is life feels very out of, out of control. There's not much I can do to manage or find comfort and security. I, mean, I live at the whims of the economy in the West Coast. You've got people now talking about radiation that comes over right. this way. Folks that have family over uh, in Japan. The recognition, we sit on a very big fault line. There's a lot of instability. So we have an uh, out
0: world. of control. We yeah. have a sense of fear. Yeah. What other issues? you got the loss of life, the world. What are the...
1: Uh, just anxiety. I think, I think there's the recognition that no matter how hard you try, there are things that can happen to that just seem like blind bad
0: luck okay what about theological questions like uh, where's God totally in moments where the world is breaking apart,
1: yep. Where where is God? Um, you know, when we pray for Him to, how do we even pray for something like Japan? You know, do you just pray for His church to do something? Do you pray for Him to do something? And then, what's even realistic in terms of uh, uh, understanding His role? Does He just allow the thing happen to, to happen? Is it a judgment? Is it a something that He sovereignly uh,
0: does? Okay. I like that. So we've got the issues, all right? Those are the things that pop out in the newspaper. So we take a hold of God's word. So let me ask you the question. Uh, what is God's word? What do you say to this sense of life is out of control? Uh, I
1: would I would do two things. Number one, I would try to, to theologically ground a little bit our understanding of, of biblically. Jesus talks about stuff like this. And I would want to spend some time there. And then the second thing is I would want to then... Uh, pastorally, shepherd uh, myself and ourselves in community.
0: Um. So, do that. I okay. mean, what does that look like? Just give me a well, two minute deal on, you know, life's out of control. I come to you, Mike, I'm going, boy, I, you know, and I'm talking about what's going on, but you have the sense of, yeah. okay, the newspapers are making me feel my life is out of control. I'm coming to you, Mike. Well, well scripture, affirms,
1: uh, scripture affirms three very important things. Number one, that God is good, and he is not the author of evil. He doesn't tempt us. He doesn't do wrong. He doesn't, uh, whatever he does is right, by definition. Um, the second thing is that evil is really evil. That, that, it, it, it's, not like that we, it's not like we can just sit back and go, oh, it's not so bad, or it's used for a greater good, although it will be. Um, but evil really is evil. There is a there is the lost art of lament in American culture, where we grieve as an act of worship, where we grieve as an act of worship. We have no idea how to do this in American Christianity. And then the last thing is that God promises to take out take good from evil, to turn evil um, and to use it for his good purposes. So, I would say to people who are wrestling with all of this, uh that the that, that Jesus is very clear about why there's evil in the world. He talks uh, in a, in one of the parables of Matthew 13. He talks about how an enemy has sown bad seed um in the world at the same time that he, the king has sown good seed and that you have to let both grow together or else you will damage the good by removing the bad. And so there's this divine patience that Jesus highlights. So- that that there will be an accounting at the, at the end of time, uh, but for now, there is good and bad growing not only in the world but
0: in me so the the evil is evil, yeah. I think in the three questions you identified: life is out of control there 's fear free floating fear of what will happen to me and even the crazy idea of the nuclear thing, yeah. and then uh, you know kind of where is God so the lamenting Evil is evil. What does that mean for me practically today?
1: Okay. It means uh, that there is a ruthless world uh uh, openness on God's part for us to receive these sorts of questions, that doubting is not the opposite of faith. Sight, according to Paul, is the opposite of faith. So so to go to God with the why questions, where were you? Why didn't you stop this? What about all the people that die? What happens to them? Um, very clearly in the Psalms, in the book of Lamentations, um, in m- uh, many other places in the Old Testament, there's great permission given to lament. Secondly,
0: okay, let's just hold it. So first, that sense of being authentic with my emotions, being willing to cry out to God, not settle for easy cliches, right, and to not pretend this isn't horrible, and to and to connect with the feeling of sadness. There's Absolutely, a, I should be sad that the world's breaking apart. I should be sad that you know thousands of lives are lost, and then I'm looking at it in the uh, on TV, and there is this heavy sadness. Right. And it is the sadness of a broken world. It's a sadness of sin. And it's a sadness that I can run to God with.
1: And it's a sadness that universally reflects our awareness that it shouldn't be this way. See, we sit... And it doesn't matter if you're a follower of Jesus or not, but we sit with a profound sense. It shouldn't be this way. This isn't right. Right. And so Jesus comes with that awareness. His friend Lazarus uh, dies and he weeps. I mean, there is this holy weeping that we've lost and worship often doesn't help us. One of the purposes of worship is to give us words when we don't have words. So you go through the Psalms and, and uh, 70% of them are lament mm-hmm. Psalms. They're Psalms of Disorientation, where we're just spinning about how to handle something like this. So, for me, in moments like these, the Psalms become uh, a very real prayer manual. Um, to write your own Psalm to the right. Lord. Just lamenting, lamenting, lamenting. But I also think there's there is the the opportunity for the church to be the church in how we talk about this and how we talk about God in the midst of these things and then how we mobilize ourselves um, to not just give money but to do to not just uh, take care of physical needs okay, but, but also to take to care Okay, of... hold on a second. Yeah, yeah.
0: So be the church. First of all, being the church in ministry to each other. What does that mean? And how what does that look like? Well, you, sending money
1: to the Red Cross is something we all should do. Um, donating goods, prayer, absolutely. But there's also a church that's in Japan uh, that that churches should be supporting. It's very similar to what happened after Katrina. There was this there was this massive movement of people um, who you know came to do good, and much good was done. But then there were other uh, churches and partners that came in for long term relationship. And that's where we see the the big traction. So you have this church. So one of the things that we talked about at Outreach Weekend is that we're looking for partners. We're looking for people who are there and we don't just drop $10 bombs all over Japan. What we're looking to do is partner with the the people of Jesus who are already at work right now, ministering, proclaiming,
0: demonstrating his good news. And we make them the hero because they're going to be there long-term. Absolutely. give them the opportunity to minister, and people see the church is the one that has the practical needs. They're able to do it. All right, so first, there's a sense of I connect emotionally with, as I read the paper and I look at what's going on, there's the value of looking at the psalms, writing my own psalm, being able to go to God and saying, I feel out of control. I feel this world breaking apart. And then in the psalm, or writing a psalm, there is but God, you are the rock. You are the strong place. You are the fortress. When everything is breaking apart and the oceans swell up and overwhelm, you're a God that I can trust in. Mm -hmm. And so, I have… And trusting
1: in doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. Right. Trusting him means that
0: even if or when bad things happen, you're still okay. Okay. And then that sense of, as I move through it emotionally, and there is a I want to do something. Mm -hmm. The best thing that I can do is make the church the hero in the place that it's struggling, and saying, you know what, I can help. And as I help the people of God be the answer, right? They become the hands and feet. Okay, that's great. And that's not to diminish. And that's not to diminish all the other relief that will happen. Right. Okay. So so that's a twofold thing. Mm -hmm. Is that. A great sense of, okay, here's a newspaper with Japan, a beaten world, and at the same time, taking a hold of my Bible. Yep. Any last thing? I'm going to go a different way. Yep.
1: Uh, Last one would be, you know, Jesus is asked in Luke 13 about a tower that falls over um, on some Galileans, and... um, and Pilate killed some folks in the temple. And Jesus doesn't take the opportunity to speculate about the cause. He just simply says, they were not worse sinners. Don't think this happened because they were worse sinners. That really inhibits our ability to judge on these things. But Jesus says, repent or you too will die. So there, these are also moments, as much as we don't want to talk about them, where we should reflect on life's brevity, on the fact that I'm completely dependent on God and on other things and his Gifts and and the things that are out of my control, and then lastly that there is a, a, a an urgency that comes out of this to focus only on those things that really matter. So it's tightening my relationships. It's making sure uh, the folks in my sphere um, know how I feel about them. I mean, it can be big, it can be small, but there is an opportunity where where you know the the writer of Ecclesiastes says it's better to be in a house of mourning than in a house of feasting because there's this profound sense of oh my goodness I, I the illusion of my control over my life is shattered in moments like these
0: and I like that because we can move so quickly and buy these things that they don't cause us to stop and and get a true perspective of life That's and right. if I'm not reflective then I move through that unexamined life. Yeah. I Moses don't.
1: says teach me to number my days. Well right. this is a numbering of days kind of moment.
0: I love that okay let's switch to the second biggest story in the newspaper. You have the Uh, These people that have basically cried out for freedom, they started in, I think, Tanzania, went to Egypt, now in Libya, and you have a whole generation in the Arab world starting to move out, and there is a sense of freedom wanting to move out. What do you think the issues are there? uh I
1: think the people feel it in
0: a number of different ways there are the the
1: cultural fears of well does this give more room for terrorists uh there' are the economic fears well gas prices are are quickly approaching you know four dollars and fifty cents a gallon so 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 again it's it feeds into my life is out of control there's another sense that says um you know good good for them I mean as the people of god we celebrate that 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 the image of God is best reflected in an environment. Where people can and are free uh, to be fully human and to express the God-given abilities they uh, they have, and so we celebrate this. Although we recognize that democracy isn't the only way the people of God have flourished, often persecution um, is a is a place where where the people of God flourish. And so we recognize the kingdom of God is independent of the political winds that shift through the world. But we just cheer all of that on because as fallen worldly systems go, democracy is probably the closest we can get uh, to allowing uh, people to be truly human and express the ways God has, has made them. So I feel like there are numbers of issues. You've got the cultural issues, you've got the economic issues, but it just, it's another place where we feel out of control, the forces
0: that are moving around us that we have no idea what to do about. Okay. So then let's take a hold of our Bible is there anything that you would like to, what, what, uh, what would be the biblical truths that, if there's any new ones, when you think of the terrorists or the economic fears related to that part of the world, or would you say, nah, we've covered that?
1: I would say um, a couple of different things. Number one, it is very, and, and people are going to disagree with this, and so, you know, like hallelujah. Go. Um, it, is, it is tough to Uh, be reminded that behind every form of worldly government, there's a principality and a power that's of the enemy. Like literally, it is very easy to make uh, monarchs or dictators or terrorists the enemy and forget that there is a spiritual battle that rages that isn't just over there. I mean, it's here too. So it's very easy for us to think that swapping out political systems is the the answer to the spiritual crisis that confronts all of us. And that's just not true. Um, So on the one hand hand we celebrate, but on the other hand we recognize that there's you know, there's still more work to be done. And so again, when we when we're partnering with our our church in Cairo, there's this sense that we want to feed as much as we can the resources and the and the the work of God. I think of the verse in Matthew where it says, The kingdom is forcefully advancing and forceful men and women
0: take hold okay, of it. Okay, give me one sentence on You know, in part of this, there is, we have a natural craving to hold on to and trust into political systems. What does our Bible say about that? Give me two, one thought. Uh, The kingdom of God is independent
1: upon who sits in the Supreme Court, who's the president of the United States, whether the European Union gathers
0: or not, or whether there's democracy in the Middle East. There you go. So we want to take a hold of our Bibles And we're going to take a hold of the newspapers, and we're going to answer your questions. So thanks for joining us on this podcast. We are here. Join us every week. We're having fun. Same time,
1: same channel.